Homeland Field Division Podcast. Hey, welcome to Homeland Field Division Podcast, episode 24 of the podcast. Today we are talking season 4, episode 8, Halfway to a Donut. Written by Chip Johansson and I believe directed by Alex Graves. I could be wrong about that, but uh, if so, that's very interesting because I know his work from Game of Thrones and uh, I thought he, whoever directed this episode did a great job. My name is Matt Murdick. Of course, I am from homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com, your one-stop shop for contacting me with your thoughts about Homeland. Be an asset. It's also the place where you can get uh, links to the iTunes store, uh, and I would love it if you would leave me a review. Enough about the podcast. Let's talk about this episode. The episode had a lot of tension in it, which I really enjoyed. It had a lot of uh, WTF in it, which I really enjoyed, and uh, it had a lot of Saul in it which I really enjoyed, even though I hate seeing the state that he's in and and more specifically the state of mind that he feels like he has to be in because of the situation that he's been placed in. But who knew that Saul had a little bit of op in him? He's got a little bit of op blood going on there. Uh, From his first video thing to with the whole you know, don't trade me for anything. Obviously he knows where he stands on that. And then he does that little rigmarole with the guards and gives himself something where he can pick the locks. And then it's when it starts getting pretty sad because when he does the hanging thing, you almost get the sense, especially as the episode progress on and you look back at that, that it wasn't just a ploy so that he could get free. For him, it was a win-win. He was either going to die and stop Akani from being able to use him, or he was going to get out of there. That That's what it boiled down to. And I don't think either option really mattered to him as much uh, after he got to that point. So it was really kind of sad. Um, You keep worrying now that Saul will do something else again to try and stop himself, although they'll probably take precautions now. He's a killer. Saul doesn't have any problem killing anybody. Um, The whole bit about the cell phone is the one thing that kind of drives me a little crazy, uh, that he he would be able to, to make a call. And nobody would notice. Um, And I don't know. You would think that the Pakistanis would have GPS as well. They wouldn't just need to look for the drone, as like Carrie says. They could probably tap the phone that he stole as well, right? So that was the only thing that just kind of went Matt Tomato for me a little bit out of there like that Quinn was in control there talking Saul through at the beginning when he first got out of there and escaped. And then when he gets into town, I really liked the, the asset that they had there in town, the, the 
guy that was helping him. I liked his reasoning for helping him. Um, that was nice to just do real economically flesh out that character real quick and understand why he is an asset for the United States. And then everything goes haywire. And poor Carrie, she's trying everything she can. And the, the, the thing for Carrie is, of course, that the fact that she had made this call to kill him. And when he calls, you know, when he's sitting there in that courtyard and, and he says, do it, then she can't. Um, she didn't have any problem with it a couple of episodes ago when I am was shot. Um, so she ended up losing I N in that whole exchange. She ends up losing Saul, uh, losing his trust. She's betrayed him because of the promise that, uh, she made him, you know, escape or die. Uh, and now it would seem that neither are going to happen for Saul, which is really terrible. And then that of course will lead everything to being where Lockhart is at the end of the episode where he says, you know, tell them we'll do whatever they ask. Um, it's, it's, a win-win for Saul at the beginning becomes a lose-lose for everyone in the end. And that whole scene in the courtyard where he was going to shoot himself, um, that got me a, a little emotional uh, for both of them, for both Carrie and Saul. So that really um, hurt a lot to watch. Um, and then to hear Saul cussing her out after it was over because she, she didn't have any choice if she wanted him to live but to lead him back to where he would be easily captured um i kind of surprised that Saul didn't choose death by Taliban by starting to shoot people although I don't know that it would have done any good there were so many that he couldn't have shot enough and if they could have had enough restraint to, to keep from killing him then um he probably, you know, ended up in the same boat. So maybe that's why he didn't resist in that way. But uh, great work by Mandy Patinkin this week. And um, especially this, this scene where he's talking to Carrie on the phone. All of all of the scenes where he's talking to Carrie on the phone. Great job. And Claire Danes as well. Uh, great acting from her this episode. Uh, don't want to belittle her part in those conversations uh claire had a lot on her plate this episode from acting like she you know was hung over uh at isi guy's house all the way through to her you know that great emotion shown at, at the phone call and how difficult that was for for carrie and all the way to the end where she's talking to quinn about how there are no good choices anymore and that's one of the most powerful statements about I guess the state of affairs in terms of uh, foreign policy for any government anymore right I mean it seems that because of a few outlaws um, countries are pitted against one another and and prejudices are created and it's a terrible thing so let's go ahead and talk about Carrie um Waking up at ISI Guy's home 
We don't find out really until the end of the episode that she actually does remember some of the stuff that happened to her. Um, and I'm thinking specifically the Brody stuff. Oh, how disturbing that would be. The fact that she caught on to the meds was a little odd. Um, but, you know, she's a smart girl. I guess she could figure that out. And, of course, that leads to the whole thing about what's going on with the uh, ambassador's husband. So that's going to be something that, at least now, by the end of this episode, she has, you know, an idea or at least a place to look in terms of the ambassador's husband, uh, thanks to ISI Guy. And as I was talking about earlier, how countries are pitted against one, one another, um, sometimes just one little bit of trust can can help bridge some of the gap that's between them, which ISI Guy extended here um, it, it, because Carrie believed that he didn't have anything to do with uh, her being drugged. So does that narrow it down to ISI girl being the only real faction? I think not because um, he wouldn't give her up. He wouldn't give her up. He would only give up Carrie's own people up, which is fine because he's a new recruit made by this ISI girl just since Carrie's been there. So it's not like it's that much of a loss, even though ISI girl wants ambassador guy to do something this, uh, again, it feels like, uh, it feels like that that's a, that's a, minimum collateral damage for the ISI's operation. And I'm not sure that he's not connected with Akani as well. I, th I think that he is. But I think that this this separate thing was really just to get Carrie out of the country. Um, why ISI girl and 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 maybe Akani? I don't know if Akani had anything to do with that or not now since this guy, ISI guy, didn't have anything to do with it, I think now it's just her operating and she was doing some kind of operation. The thing is, is okay. You get rid of another station chief, big deal. They just broke, they just bring in another one. Um, and they're all pretty smart. I mean, Sandy got set up and played in the beginning of this season. Um, Carrie got set up and the intention was to get her out of the country and get her fired. But why? Why is she any more of a threat than Sandy was? Uh, at least as far as the ISI goes. Uh, maybe because of the ION play. Maybe that maybe that um, made her more of a target. Uh, maybe they figured that out earlier on. But either way, I, I still don't completely trust this ISI guy. He's, he's not like he's just going to come over to their side and say, Hey, let's... Let me give you all of our secrets so that you can win the day. He's not going to do that. Um, and he's not, I don't think his hands are totally clean of everything that's been going on either, to be perfectly honest. And he's certainly not just going to flip sides, right? I mean, that's just not going to happen. So there you go. Um, still a little muddled in gray there. Now, the fact that Carrie does figure it out, of course, like I said, tips off the am ambassador's husband because ambassador can't keep 
security protocols. You know, she's sitting there preaching at Lockhart, who was a typical ass, as he normally is, um, this episode. But nonetheless, she's doing all of this preaching to him. And, of course, he can't keep his mouth shut like he says he will. I'll get to that in a second. But then she turns around and, and totally breaks protocol with her husband, which is terrible. So when she eventually finds out that he was the traitor, right, which she's bound to do, and he has managed to escape with the help of ISI Girl, which, of course, is bound to happen, right, then she is going to be the one held responsible for breaking protocol. She's going to be the one who ends up paying the price for her husband's sins, all because she couldn't keep her mouth shut. Uh, it's just so frustrating and so realistic in that way, right? Then you've got Lockhart, who's like typically <laughs> in the dark in a way. I mean, he's on top of it, but he just won't yield to anybody. The guy is an egomaniac, and uh, that can't be good for him in the long run, one would think, because uh, there's always bigger fish in the sea, and he's, if he pronounces himself as a big fish, which he is, he's the director of the CIA, don't get me wrong, but he's going to be, uh, he's going to be in the line of fire uh, from his superiors, I'm betting, at some point, whatever his superiors are, I guess that would be the President of the United States. Uh, back to Carrie, real quickly, I, I'm not going to spend too much more time on this podcast again, because I get kind of Captain Obvious and and then I start repeating myself and all that. But I do want to talk about the emotion that, that Carrie goes through in regards to talking Saul through that town. Because, you know, just a few episodes ago, she made the call to kill him. And now he's asking her to do it. And she can't. Um. So what does that say about the earlier incident? Right? What does that say? about the fact that she wanted to do the kill order, but now she can't. Does that mean that in her own mind she was acting irrationally when she ordered the kill after Ian? Was it a reaction to Ian? I think that's important to ask yourself because in this case, she allows the Taliban to catch Saul without letting him be killed, uh, and now she has totally betrayed Saul. Uh, and like she said to Quinn, there are no good choices, but it's a matter of making the not good choice at the right time, isn't it? If she had, if they had allowed her to go through with that kill order back when I am was shot, we wouldn't have a rest of the season naturally, but so you know why it had to be that way, but still. Now you think about how that's going to weigh on her mind. Plus, you know, her meds. She's been without proper meds because she's been being poisoned by these drugs that ISI Girl had made. She, you know, who knows how long it's going to take her to get back to be stable. But it was kind of cool to see her talk about it with somebody. And Quinn... Uh, you know, he's been pining for her and 
I don't know if he's over it now or what that was about, but I think he should have taken a few more moments to listen to her because it's so rare that we get Carrie to, to try and talk about her issues, right? She resists going and talking to therapists. She won't even talk to her sister, right? So, of course, I guess he doesn't know that. But nonetheless, it was it's a great progression for her and a great regression for Quinn in a way. So I don't know how that whole relationship's going to play out. And I know they're kind of introducing ISI guy and he's suave and he talks perfect English with a perfect English accent in a Pakistani country. Uh, <laughs> but uh, th- there better not be anything happen between her and ISI guy. If she, if she does this whole, this whole bed, the enemy thing is getting really old. Um, and I don't think I'd really, I don't, think I really ship Quinn and Carrie either but he should have stayed he should have stayed and listened I mean it probably was good advice that they get sleep but I I I hate to see Carrie be so vulnerable and living with it day to day now the fact that Saul hates her that Saul will never speak to her again if he get I I, I just got this feeling well he will because it's tv drama but in her mind, in Carrie's mind right now, Saul's never going to speak to her again. And she has to try and justify it by the fact that she saved his life. And Lockhart, in the end, has to say, okay, we'll do the exchange. What could that lead to? I mean, with all of these um, prisoners released, yeah, I guess they, they kind of imply that it can make things a lot worse in the world. But still... It's it's uh, it was in the name of saving Saul, someone who was willing to sacrifice himself. There was one shot of Saul in this episode when he fell to the floor and you saw his wedding band on his hand. And I thought it was really odd that they did that shot. Um, and that might be the one thing that would keep Saul alive um, through all of this. Uh, through all of the events of this episode that's what I kept telling myself um but now I don't know I don't know now that the deal is done um Saul's gonna come back with nothing but hatred for Carrie at least because it's TV drama right and he's going to uh probably rethink everything about his wife and all everything (sighs) And and it all falls on Carrie. And that's what the thing is. Carrie's a smart girl. She's gonna she's gonna figure out what's going on with Saul. She's already figured out what's going on with Saul and the way that he probably feels about her right now. But it, it's just one of those things where you, Carrie is right about so many things. You know, she was right about not telling the ambassador about keeping the ambassador out of the loop about the breach. Look what that resulted in. Um, It's one of those things where Carrie's right about so many things, but her timing uh, is so bad sometimes also. Uh, and, And not because it's her fault that the timing is bad. It's just that's the way the episodes roll out. And you see how often she was by the way that she thinks outside of the box, how she foresees problems 
that then the show, the television show presents actually were problems that we might not have seen when she said it. But she's crazy. Uh, so how do you listen to somebody like that all the time is the other question that you have to have. Um, but I did feel bad for her cause I feel like that poisoning thing and everything that happened to her and everything she went through in this episode, she's kind of been mentally violated in a lot of ways. And, uh, while I'm not worried about that, making her operationally less sound, I think she was doing, making all the right calls and everything before about you know organizing a team to get Saul out of there and everything it just you just have to worry about the long-term damage uh to her emotional sense and maybe that'll allow her to pull the baby back into her life maybe this whole thing about her seeing Brody when it was actually ISI guy maybe that will help her kind of reconnect with with her Brody clone baby who knows? I think that that's all I have to say about this episode. Uh, again, uh, kudos to Claire Danes and to Mandy Patankin for great performances. Uh, I did enjoy the episode. I hope you did too. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Reminder that uh, the podcast that would normally come out December 1st will be late uh probably won't be until on December 2nd that it'll come out. Um, similarly, uh, the podcast that would come out on December 8th uh, of the morning, late night, uh, Sunday night the 7th, probably won't be out until at very earliest uh, late afternoon on the 8th. Uh, that's because I'm playing music gigs, I'll be on tour, and I won't be able to watch the episodes um to record my responses right away and get them out, uh, you know, by the next morning, like you guys have been used to for the last few weeks. Okay. That's it. That's all I got. Take care. This is Matt Murdick. Bye-bye. Homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com.